Welcome back to the Sunday Session Podcast. Round 25 is done and dusted. The regular season is done and dusted. Finals footy is upon us. The eight finals teams and the four fixtures for week one are locked in. Chris Kennedy in the studio with Craig Wing and Kenny Scott. Boys, thanks for being here. Good to be back. Yeah, wonderful to be here. Thank you. There were some uh, some big ups and some big downs this weekend. Plenty to get through. We'll start off with, um, I guess, a, a bit of a dead rubber, the Panthers and the Knights out there at Panthers Stadium. Um, one of these teams was up for the game at least. Yeah, well... The Knights, just terrible. Absolutely terrible. I think they Probably their worst of the season, really. They've had some bad ones. That was diabolical. They'd already checked out for that game. But it was good to see uh, the the Panthers put some tries on the board. Um, Nathan Cleary with a points haul. How many did he have? 34 points, which I think is about the sixth best in the history of NRL slash ARL slash New South Wales Rugby League. Wow, good Um, Dave Brown, the East's legend back in the uh, 30s, I think it was, with the, uh, the all-time records. But um, I think Mel Meninga, next best with 38, Cleary 34. It was uh, a club record and, yeah, one of the biggest hauls in history. So, massive. Yeah. The Knights were, were absolutely awful. But I thought, like, the Panthers seemed to... Um, it's amazing what playing without any pressure can That's do it. for you. Like, mm-hmm. they seem to... Um, they seem to enjoy it a bit more. And maybe they enjoyed it because it was really bloody easy because the Knights just gave up, at, like... No resistance whatsoever, but it was good to see them play. Um, yeah, it was pretty open, expansive, and yeah, they seemed to enjoy it. Mm. It didn't seem like th- they lost the the winger Brian Toto, who actually scored a, a really really nice try in the first half. He went off at halftime with an ankle injury. They lost Wade Egan, the hooker, to an injury. Um, they lost the the centre Brent Naden pre-game. They had Jerome Luai who's not a centre playing in the centres, so it's not like they were at their their full strength. And they were still just doing absolutely whatever they wanted. Mm. Yeah, sad finish to the season for the Knights. Um... Got some work to do in the off-season. Yeah, Adam O'Brien's got a, a task in front of him. You've got a feel for Knights fans, hopefully some brighter days ahead. Um, anyway, enough of that. The um, the match of the round took place just before that, or certainly the, the match of the round uh, in terms of anticipation and build-up and on paper. So many talking points. Uh, I was driving into work and I'd seen final teams and I'm like, of course Robbie Farah's not playing. Common sense yeah. prevailed. You know, he, yeah. he couldn't. they couldn't risk it. They, they had the team and then I'm in the car listening to the radio and they're like, uh, are we getting some news that Robbie Farah actually is playing? And what do you know? Yeah, that was a, that was a pretty interesting one. It, didn't, didn't, it took me a few minutes to actually watch the game and work out what was going on. Um, I think Corey Thompson was a bit of a loss for them. Definitely, was, yeah. I was surprised that Robbie Farah played, given the nature of his injury, um, and I was actually terrified when he was out there that he was just going to cop one mm. one knock and snap yeah. his leg in half. But um, look, he got through it, and it was good to see him get his swan song. I thought uh, the opening start to that game, I was I was pretty excited. It felt like semi-finals had come one week early. Yeah. Uh, I thought the Tigers started off pretty well, um, and both teams had their moments. Were playing some pretty good footy, um, but it's just I, I think. I found that the Tigers were a little bit confused with the way they were attacking. Mm. Initially, they were trying to go through the middle. Well, first of all, their, their defence was physical at the start. That was good, but, but the, 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 the Sharks went with them. But then uh, they were trying to go through the middle, one out, one out, and that was quite ineffective. The, the Sharks were just eating that up. But then they'd shift it and come up with some creative attack and they'd get some love out of uh, they'd, they'd get some joy from that. But then they'd go back to the way mm. that, what they were doing before. And um, yeah, I think. I think at times they were just a bit too predictable for the for the Sharks. Yeah, I think the loss of Corey Thompson really, really shook up the game plan. I, I don't think they were prepared for that at all. Mm-hmm. And um, speaking like to the confusion of the whole thing, I was I was at the game obviously, yeah. and they had announced the team on the big screen like, mm-hmm. "And here you're fullback Corey Thompson, blah blah blah." And then there was some puncher in front of me going, he had like refs, you know, sports ears on and yeah. everything, and he's like, 
Thompson's out and Robbie's playing. And I'm like, this guy's an idiot. What are you talking <laughs> about? And then, like, 30 seconds later, the announcer goes, this is just in, folks. The king of Leichhardt, Robbie Farrell. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the pantomime of that was, was, was entertaining, like, on its own. But I think just losing, like, losing Corey Thompson like that um, and... Look, the Sharks are really uh, like honestly on paper, the Sharks yeah. are a much be- have a much better squad than the Tigers do. Yeah. And when it comes to the forwards, um, that that's for me that's where the Tigers fell down. Like yeah. the Sharks just pushed them around all day. Yeah. They they didn't have any big boppers just to roll through the middle. Yeah. Mm. Um, but uh, I, I, th- I also thought that the Tigers had a few tough calls against them, mm. and combined with that, they made too many errors. Mm. And I think that's what cost them in the end. Yeah, well, I was asking you guys this question off air. So, because I was at the game, surrounded by you know the Tigers hysteria, all all I was hearing back was rest fault, rest fault. This ref's awful. That was a dud call. That was a dud call. Set the record straight for me. Did we get dud calls? I didn't really notice any. As someone who wasn't invested, like I, I was very interested in the game, but I wasn't invested in which way the result went. I didn't really notice much. There was a weird penalty right on half-time uh, when it was 4-all and the Sharks were able to take a free two points and go 6-4 to the break where uh, David Nofaloon was penalised for basically like a voluntary play the ball. I think one of the Sharks players, not sure if it was Dugan, was trying to strip the ball off him and he managed to hold the ball and then the second the Shark fell off him, he just played the ball and I, I assume the ref must have been yelling like play on and, and like he wasn't tackled mm-hmm. so I'm not sure what else the ref could have done. Maybe he could have just let him play the ball and count it as a tackle. But I mean, in, on every game, the home fans, or every fan says, like, dud call no matter what anyway. Literally so every I, game, just, yes. I hadn't seen any replays back, so I just wasn't, I just wasn't sure. But there was, a, there was a couple of other ones that I thought were tough, but they were 50-50. If, if they had yeah, went yeah, the other way, enough. I would have thought, yeah, fair enough. Uh, but they just seemed to go against the Tigers. But um, in mm. saying that, the, the Sharks, you, as you were saying before, you look at their, you look at their roster and... Going into the finals, if there's if out of the two teams, if they were both in there, you'd probably look at the Sharks and think they could probably do yeah. a little bit of damage in there if they all got their games on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, we knew it. Like they scored so many points the last fortnight against what was it the Knights and the Dragons. Mm. It, we just knew it was going to be a lot tougher for them to score points. You know, especially with the way the Sharks play and, and the quality of their roster. So. I mean, if this game was at any other stadium other than Leichhardt, you no one really would have entertained mm. entertained the idea of the Tigers getting up. It's yeah. just because it was at Leichhardt, mm. um, all on the line. I like the uh, I like the young winger for the uh, the right winger for for the Sharks. Mulatalo. Mulatalo. Ronaldo Mulatalo. Ronaldo Mulatalo. He was playing with a he was playing a bit of confidence and he had some pretty mm. um, pretty good plays very early on. And the his game. defense as well. Yeah. Like you think young wingers doing good stuff, it's probably going to be big breaks and yeah. tries. But he uh, yeah. Luke Brooks had that quick tap and he absolutely rocked him and then he backed it up, <laughs> made the next yeah. tackle and gained about six meters with his defense, which is just phenomenal for a. A young kid on the uh, on the wing. Um, anyway, that books for them a uh, a finals berth, an elimination final against Manly, um, possibly at Lotto Land, possibly somewhere else. We might talk about Manly's home ground <laughs> a little bit more later on. Um, winding back through the round, I don't know if we'll spend a lot of time on this one. The Titans and the Dragons, sixteen v fifteen on uh, on Saturday night up there on the Goldie. There were some good individual performances in this one. I'm not sure it was really a high interest game in the context of the round though. Talk about like a dud way to end. The <laughs> He's just lighting up. Talk, yeah, talk about like a, a dud way to, to end the season, right? A game for like guaranteed last place versus guaranteed second <laughs> last yeah. place. Nothing is going to change, like no matter no, what no. happens. 
you know, let's okay. just turn, let's just turn up and have some fun. And there was, a, there was you know, it was a bit of fun, I guess. It was good was to see the dragon rise. smiling at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I think um, it looked like to me that Ben Hunt had a really really fun afternoon. Yeah, um, and he usually looks so sad. Yeah, he so does I always think, look a bit sad. <laughs> so I think that was really nice. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was terrific. He had a I thought a pretty tough game last week mm. uh, in in the loss to the Tigers. He had some um, you know some poor plays, but two tries and a lot of involvement. He was really good. Um, you know, Jai Arrow a big game in the middle for yeah. the, the Titans. As did Mitch Rain. I thought Michael Gordon in his last ever um, NRL match before he sails off into the sunset and takes up, I don't know, surfing and captain coaching the local um, Goldie uh, Park footy team. I thought he was super. He had a couple of try-saving plays and really put in. So, um, you know, shame he couldn't get a win in his last game, but nice mm. for him to finish with a strong individual performance. Um, Didn't, yeah. um, there was a, a milestone for Widdop, I think, the first Englishman in the NRL to, to notch up 1,000 points. Yes. I think yeah. Okay. yeah. So good That's for him. Cool. Congratulations. Yeah. And possibly one of the most capped Englishmen in the NRL as well. Mm. Two hundred odd games um, for the Storm and the the Dragons before he goes back to the um, the old darts. So um, he's had a, a fine career out here. Anyway, enough of that. We'll go back to the middle Saturday game, the Bulldogs and the Broncos, and um, I guess an upset. But I know a lot of us were thinking that mm. the uh, the Bulldogs were a strong chance in this one. Bulldogs just take another scalp, eh? Yeah. Um, I think that was just a case of one team trying harder and just wanting to win more than the other team. Uh, I don't know if the Broncos are coming in, coming in off a high and thinking they're a little bit better than they are, but I, I felt like they just didn't do a lot of the little things right. Um, and their, the way they finished their sets as well, I mm. thought was uh, shades of our criticisms that we had earlier in the year where they just weren't putting the ball in the right part of the field at the end of the set and mounting any kind of pressure. Um, Going to feel for J- Jermaine Asako next week. Mm-hmm. I think that is going to be a bit of a target area for uh, for the team that they play. There was three tries down that side and um, and, and, that, and they were pretty soft as well. So... Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the Broncos take out of that. That's a that was a pretty disappointing uh, performance, and possibly it's a it's a it'll be a good wake up call for them going into the finals. Mm. Yeah, that, I mean that result makes the difference between them um, yeah. finishing in eighth and finishing in seventh. They could have had a yeah. an injury ravaged Manly. Instead, they've got a Neil's team yeah. um, at Bankwest where they lost very heavily earlier and, in the season. And I think one of the things was their completions. I thought they only completed at seventy one percent, and usually. Mm. With a big forward pack like that, they've got they need to they need to do a lot better there. But um, actually, a special mention to my man, Payne yeah, House. I was say, <laughs> another yeah. cracking game again, but just wasn't enough. Yeah, he's. I was enough. looking. It's about six weeks since he's made fewer than two hundred running meters in a game. Yeah, for a prop, it's just incredible consistency. Um, yeah, he's probably about the last bloke I'll be pointing at the finger at for Brisbane. I did feel after the, the dogs got the jump on them at the start, that quick double strike right before half time. Yeah. I thought, oh, here we go. Like good start from Canterbury Brisbane's. You know, they're yeah. going to take the toll in the second half, but they they just. They, they just weren't did, there they in the didn't half. switch on. They didn't switch on. It was 35 minutes before they got on the scoreboard. Um, I think uh, I like the Bulldogs um, game plan. I think it sussed them out a bit, and their kicking game proved to be the Bulldogs kicking game proved to be a little bit of a bit bit of a bit problematic for the Broncos. So possibly have um, exposed a little bit of weakness there too. Yeah, mm. it was all just about attitude, right? Like I think they obviously the Broncos put heaps of pressure on the, on last week's game, rightly so. So came into mm-hmm. this one thinking, like, pretty relaxed, thinking, oh, we should just get it done. And then, 
obviously they got amb- you could say they got ambushed by the Bulldogs, but then when they when Katoni Stags when Katoni Stags scored the second try for the Broncos, yeah. I think they relaxed again. Like, oh, yeah. fine, actually we are going to win. Everything's going to be okay because mm. it was thing made at twelve ten or something like that, yeah. and then you know Bulldogs Bulldogs um, disagreed. Obviously, I think I think probably one of the things that. Um one of the good things for the Broncos is that they're such a forward-orientated team and to lose a game like that, particularly against the Bulldogs, um, it, when it shows lack of attitude, um, that's, that's really easy to fix if you're mm. a forward. you just got to run harder, you've got to tackle harder and you've got to not miss your tackles and do all the little things right and then the whole team transforms again. Mm. So for me, I think it's an easy fix for the Broncos um, but it's going to be a tough game given the way that the, uh, the Eels were attacking... Um, on the weekend. Yeah, I mean, they probably get Joe Offahengawi back, we think. I'll wait and see on his fitness report, but I thought they missed him. He'd been pretty good the, the weeks leading into that, um, especially with Pangai already out. You, you need your, your good forwards all on the park, and Eel's potentially going to lose Kane Evans, who's been pretty good in the back mm-hmm. half of the year, to suspension, which we'll probably talk about when we get to the Eels. But uh, Saturday footy kicked off down there in Canberra, and um, another upset. The um, the Warriors just too good for uh, for the Raiders, who pretty much had not much you know to play for in terms of needing to to finish top four but again it's sort of changed the order they they now face a a trip to melbourne rather than a trip to sydney next Mm. week after losing this one yeah they did have some uh some pretty good talent on the sideline that they were resting which again um, is more comes down to them not taking it all that seriously you'd think but yeah true but also probably freshening up a bit but uh I, i just think for from the raiders it was just too many missed tackles for me um they were 20 to 12 up with only 15 minutes to go. Mm. That was probably the most troubling thing, uh, particularly going into going into finals. 20 to 12 up, 15 minutes to go. They should have they should have held on. Uh, but we do have to uh, pay homage to an amazing try that the yeah. Warriors scored. Two of us, Shrek, had two outstanding touches. Oh no, three, three touches, but two of them were. Well, one to start it and one yeah, to finish it. And, and they're both really amazing. But I think nearly everyone in the team touched the ball mm. in that try. It reminds me of the 2002 Warriors back when, you know, like Ali Lauatiti and, and they had all those. They were just freewheeling, just yeah. offloading everywhere. You know, Stacey Jones, all those sort of guys. They were, uh, it reminded me of that sort of era of Warriors, that try. They're just all the one-handed offloads and the, all the passes sticking and it was just magic to watch. Yeah. I think it says something uh, about pressure because the, the Warriors went into this game with absolutely no pressure. Win or lose, yeah. it doesn't matter. Just go out and do it. And so uh, uh, a Warriors team with the standard seasonal pressure that you get for trying to make the finals at 20 to 12 and 15 minutes go, 15 minutes to go just loses because that's what yeah. they do. But they thought, oh, bugger it, let's, let's chuck it around. Um, mm. They got there. It was great. Yeah. An emotional finish for one of your old teammates, Isaac Luke. He's still on the hunt for a, uh, a club ah, next year. Can you... Tigers next year. Yeah. <laughs> Can you see oh, him yeah, landing somewhere? <laughs> oh, well, Isaac Luke, he... He can be hot and cold, but you're putting behind a good forward pack that's going mm. forward. Oh, he's he's, he's, he's one of the best teams and players in the comp. But um, look, I, I think he's still got a he's, he's still got a bit of footy left in him, and I'd like to see him somewhere. Um, something we haven't talked about yet. There's a, uh, a judiciary case coming up this week. Hudson Young raking the fingers across the face of uh, Adam Pompey. When Not once, start with you. but twice. Yeah, twice <laughs> Not in the one once, play. but twice. So that's just rubbish play. It's yeah. like, you know, it's 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 really going to do any damage, but it's I guess it's on par with spitting on someone. Mm. It's just a it's just a it's a, just a grub act, and um, I just don't know what he was thinking. No. <laughs> How was that going to have any impact on the game 
at any stage. It's just, apart from um, hurting his own team. Exactly. He's um, already missed five games this year for an eye gouge. Really? And, and that one had loading for a prize similar act, which I assume is in reserve grade because I don't remember it being yeah, in first yeah. grade. I don't know if that was specifically mm. an eye gouge or some other kind of dangerous contact that falls but under prize similar. grub act column. Yeah. yeah. It is a grub act, but I think he just needs to really, someone needs to sit him down and say, listen, you know, why are you doing that? Is that because you're trying to be aggressive or is that because you're frustrated? And if it's because you're frustrated, well, if it's because if it's because you're trying to be aggressive, then that's just not how you go about it. It's plain mm-hmm. and simple. Not it shouldn't be accepted in the team from his teammates either. Uh, but if it's because he's frustrated, then he needs to have a look at his game and um, work out how he can have better well, input. I think Ricky has has come out in his defence saying he did an eye gouge him. Of course he has. <laughs> yeah, well, but like, don't you think that I would have thought that <laughs> going, going through Ricky? Yeah. Right, but don't, don't you would have, you'd think that like you're right? There's nobody thinks that eye gouging should be in the game from like a yeah. coach to like yeah. you know a trainer or whatever. So the right thing to do, and I don't necessarily the right thing to do when what is actually done are, are you, two different things, would be to say, yeah, he's an eye gouge, we're Raiders, we don't have that, and that's not part of Absolutely. our team, um, and Absolutely. we don't accept it. Um, what, what, do you, what do you think Craig Bellamy would do in that situation, or Cameron Smith as the captain of the uh, senior player? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what the public response would be, but you can guarantee behind closed doors there'd be a strong response. Yeah, they, that they'd, they'd be like, well, we, ha- we need to review the footage. Mm. But without saying, they wouldn't say... They'd be neutral in public, but yeah, yeah you're right behind. Mm. It's just, it's just silly, and it's, it's just something that can be very easily fixed um, from the players' point of view. But it's just stupid mm. going into the finals as well. And um, yeah, referred straight to judiciary. Like I said, he caught five weeks last time. Um, George Burgess was referred straight to judiciary, and that was with a prior because he uh, he had one eye gouge ban in the uh, the internationals at the end of last year. He copped nine weeks. I can see this one potentially being even longer than that. Yeah. Um, don't really want to preempt it, but um, yeah, could be it could be a sizable holiday. And mm. a lot of contracts I know these days have clauses written in that if you're you know if you're suspended for a week or two here and there, whatever. Yeah. But if you're suspended for more than an X proportion of the year, that cuts into your uh, your contract and, and they withhold yeah. salary. So well, might be, that's the best way to change behaviour. Yeah. yeah. Put money against it. Yeah, missing yeah. a lot of games and, and losing his contract money should mm. uh, hopefully get the message home, you would think. And um, it's a shame because he's a really good young player. He's been playing some fantastic footy outside of this, you know, the, the dirty axe. So hopefully mm. he can sort it out and, and you know, improve. Anger management. Anger <laughs> management 101. Um, Friday night footy uh, finished up with the Storm and the Cowboys. Uh, not sure this reached any great heights again. It was a dead rubber storm. Couldn't finish anywhere other than first, and Cowboys couldn't make the finals. They they put in. I thought the Cowboys yeah. had a bit of a dig, but um, Storm, you know, didn't riddle like they were going to lose the game. Yeah, that's it. Sums it up pretty much. Yeah. Um, I thought it was good to see the Cowboys turn up to play. Uh, mm. They threw the ball around. They looked pretty good at times, and they actually uh, had a couple of opportunities, particularly down the the Storm's right hand side. Um, they looked good at times, but. The storm being the storm, obviously they were going to kick into gear eventually, uh, and particularly uh, receiving that that um, minor premiership trophy, they I'm pretty mm. sure they were never ever ever going to receive it off uh, off the back of a losing game. Yeah. So that's just the storm doing what they do. Um, looking forward to seeing how they go in the finals. Absolutely. Yeah, Melbourne were, were like Melbourne in most games are always going to win, and that one was no exception. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised they didn't rest more players though. Yeah, I thought like I mean I, like I, I was generally surprised that um, like Cam Smith yeah I thought he would have a week off yeah or or at least like mm. get pulled off with some 
considerable time to go. Mm, yeah, yeah, sit out the last half hour or something. Um, obviously, Munster was sitting out of this one, um, although he copped a bit of a, a burner last week, a bit of a neck or a shot. Cam Smith played every game this year? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall him missing one. Mm. Um, they've had a few restings, you know, Brandon Smith and um, a couple of others here and there, but um, obviously, you know, Bellamy knows what he's doing. I'm sure they're in good shape heading into the finals and they'll be aiming to get a, a week off after... Uh, ideally winning their, their week one finals clash. Mm-hmm. Um, the second, sorry, the first Friday game was the Eels against the Manly Sea Eagles out there at Bankwest. I was at this one. Um, quite an occasion. The, the crowd was just massive. It was you know probably pretty close to capacity, about 25,000. They were making nice. a huge noise. Um, Parramatta just exploded out of the blocks, way too good at the start. And then um, kind of, I don't know, went off their game. They sort of let the foot off the pedal or, or Manly was good enough to get back into it. Ended up being a couple of sin binnings, which we've seen a few times out at yeah. Parramatta this year, but um, they, they streaked away at the end as well. Yeah, I was, uh, I was actually really impressed with the way that uh, the, eel, uh, the Eels were attacking. Mm. They were going from side to side, punching holes down the edges and then coming through the middle. Um, it really had the, really the Seals in two minds. Um, what about that that second Parramatta try, where it seemed like half of the Parramatta team were there, unmarked, ready to receive the ball yep. to score? Like that mm, was yeah. They, yeah. they they had good shape, good positioning. Um, I think they 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 really took advantage of um, the Sea Eagles' go to defence, where you know originally they got their def- uh, defence in order by just coming up and in, but they were getting around them, then they were going mm. through them. Um, but I guess the concerning thing was they did take their foot off the th- uh, off the throat for a little bit, mm. and uh, and let the sea was back in the game. But the the poor old seagulls clearly missing um, Turbo. He's usually going to add eight to ten points for you a game. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was really really lacking. But um, yeah, I, I thought the the eels were very very dominant. Reminded me a bit of. Um the, the Brisbane game out there in round 14 and the, the comeback against Dragons at the same ground, just the way they were attacking, just spreading it yeah. really wide, really early um, and just seeming to find space out on the edges. they got some real speeds. There's obviously Micah Sivo is a massive handful. Now they got Wonga Blake there. Is it just me or was Micah Sivo getting bigger as the game got bigger? <laughs> 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 It seemed like he was getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, and was, that yeah, last so, try he got? Yeah. Yeah, he was well, just, they he didn't was even try to tackle him. <laughs> oh, he, we, so the the area that I was in the corner where he was walking back towards in the second half after scoring his tries, and that was the bay where that C-Vol, yeah. chant went up from, and you could just tell he was quite. Yeah. He was trying not to get too drawn into it because it was yeah. making him emotional, but he was yeah. just loving it. And then he came over at the end of the game and just sort of kneeled down in front of that corner of the stadium, and everyone yeah. was just giving him a huge <laughs> round of applause. Yeah. So really, just soaking Can you up. Imagine- him and Red Radra on either wings. Well, I mean, I'm not sure I can. He's, he's, he's in contact with clubs, right? Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, Eels couldn't fit Radra in with Sivo and and Fergo, mm. but um, yeah, it was a massive game. Hattrick wrapped up the um the season top try scoring award for him as well. So yeah, wow. a, a, a season rookie getting the top try scorer mm. award. Um, obviously came in. Uh, I think one behind or level with Latrell. One behind Latrell, I think, at the start of the round and yeah. level with Momalo. Um, but yeah, finished up on top. So massive effort from him. I tell you what, the Eels are going to go in with some confidence next week. Mm, big time. They're going to. Uh, they're really going to have a spring in their step. A couple of um, sin biddings and judiciary charges from this one to power with uh, a high swinging arm knocked out. Mm. Ray Stone looked yeah, nasty geez, for a bit. Really he was pretty too, much man. lights yeah. out before he hit, hit the ground. Flush. Sounds like he's okay, Ray. Which um, you yeah. know, obviously we we hope. That he is. Um, certainly, I can say the crowd around me thought that one should have been a send-off. And on replay, I, you know, they haven't really been setting those off this year, but you probably make a case for it. Yeah, it's, 
pretty much black and white that one just mm. hit him flush on the chin mm. um, yeah he was sort of in a bit of a lower position but still it's you, you can't argue with it he hit him flush on the chin and knocked him out yeah um, I think grade three careless is probably lucky because there's yeah. three levels there's careless reckless and intentional it's probably lucky it wasn't mm. a, a reckless he only misses one game as a result which is um, I'd be jumping to, to take the early plea if I was manly on that one Kane Evans was the other one he got mm. sinbin towards the end of the game which actually happened when the game was still pretty close and the Eels managed to rally and I think Sivo scored two tries after that point um, but he's got a grade two careless and also yeah. facing a week out I didn't think this one was as bad there's obviously high contact but it was more I guess I mean part of the problem is just Kane Evans is so tall I think yeah. guys are sort of colliding with his his shoulders yeah that's the hard part is his height um, yeah but yeah that was that was another one hitting flush as well so mm. I don't know I don't know how you go with those but uh, something's got to be done about it because it's, it's not a good look for the game yeah uh, first game of the round, uh, this was a, an absolute blockbuster, no matter how you cut it. Uh, Roosters and the Rabbitohs, it's always a good game. Um, Roosters probably left four or five tries out yeah. there in the first half. They should have been up by heaps, but they ended up losing after the Bunnies rallied and uh, came home to get them despite losing five players to injury and finishing the game with 12 men. Yeah, I was actually... Um it seemed like I was at that game and it seemed like the Bunnies were on top early. Yep. But they were just playing one out up through the middle and the Roosters just eat that stuff up. They're happy to take you all the way back to their try line. And then the Roosters will just pounce as soon as you give them opportunity, which is what happened. Um, I really liked the way that the, the Rabbitohs mixed it up after half time. They started to attack. They started to put the defence in two minds and... They're probably some of the. They're probably one of the best teams in the comp at it um, in terms of shifting the ball side to side, attacking you either wide and then coming through the middle. Um, and they and they did that in the second half. But um, look, I think I don't think it's. Uh, I think it's good confidence builder for for the roost uh, for the Rabbitohs yep. going into the finals. But I don't really think it's too big a deal for the Roosters other than the fact I saw that they got a little bit frustrated with their attack at times. I think mm. um, Wayne Bennett putting. Um, Wayne Bennett putting um, his name in the centres oh, to Murray defend. Cam Murray in the centres yeah, yeah. to defend. I think that was a masterstroke. Yeah, I was going but, to touch on Cam Murray mm, after that. Actually. Yeah, but um, but look, I, I think the the Roosters can play a lot better than they did in that mm. game. I mean, no Kiri, no Orbison, no B Moz or Hall. Yeah. Um, they had a you know plenty of guys to come back. Takiyaho is potentially available as well. So um, a lot of cavalry potentially to come back for the rematch in one week's time. How good is that? We get to see these two teams <laughs> yeah, go yeah. at it um, again. I don't, I don't know why. I, I just don't know why the Rabbitohs don't use John Sutton more effectively. Mm. Just sit him on that edge. I don't know why they weren't sending him at Cooper Cronk with numbers either side. Um, they were just trying to shift it to him late mm. as a hit-up player, whereas I think he's much more effective um, being a ball player with a dummy go option. Yeah, well, he had probably one of the best seasons of his career last year yeah. when that left side was just absolutely on fire and Robert Jennings scored 20-something tries. And um, obviously they're going well this year. They finished in the top four, but that left edge doesn't seem to be quite no. as, as dangerous. I'm wondering if that's a, a stylistic thing around how they're using sort of Sutton and um, obviously missing, you know, Greg Inglis, who's retired, but um, style's changed a little bit as well. Um, can we just talk about Cam Murray? Because I thought that was one of the performances of the season individually. Um, even before he went to the centres, he was just on fire. Yeah, he's just getting better and better, isn't he? I think he's just, yeah, since um, post-Origin, I mean, mm -hmm. he was great to get an Origin, obviously, but, mm -hmm. like, post-Origin, he's just gotten, like, he's like he's exploded. He's just 
like become this mm. whole this whole um, different player. And yeah, like he was on show on Friday night. And that's part of the thing with Origin as well. You only need to play one Origin. You just come back a different person. Mm. He's clearly come back as he's still very very young, but he's yeah. come back as a as a senior player effectively. And he's I, I see him now just taking the game by the scruff of the neck when he sees fit and really making a difference. Um, he's, mm. Aren't they tipping him as the future captain of Australia in three or four years' time? I've heard it thrown yeah. around. It's it's Joey, Joey Johnson. It's a fairly warm take at this point yeah, of his yeah. career, but um, he's certainly got a huge career ahead of him. Some of those one-on-one defensive efforts yeah. towards the end, um, I think he shut down Joey Manu in a try-scoring yeah. situation. Uh, it's a one-on-one tackle, I think, on Billy Smith right at the end of the game where you know a young winger coming hard back across the, the grain and a you know a middle forward defending out in the centres, you're entitled to get stepped or you know brushed off or whatever but he just stuck like a, a barnacle it was, it was but it was the way he read that as well it's yeah. like he, he could have uh, like he sort of paused and held himself back a bit to, to time it and yeah it's just that sort of vision like it just shows the kind of class the class of player he was amazing and, and particularly in attack how he's able to generate um momentum in the game mm. with his late yeah. footwork his offload or his quick play the balls i'm interested to see how um the Roosters address that next week because mm. they're probably one of the best outfits at working out how to how to nullify mm. someone's strengths. Does he now have probably the most dangerous play the ball in the competition? We've talked about it a bit, but some he had one to set up a break with Cook running off the back of it. It's just such a threat now. He either he either sets up a break, gets an offload, quick play the ball, or a penalty. Yes, <laughs> consistently. Um, any more talking points from that game? Just trying to think. That's probably the. That's about it. Have a quick look forward to next week. Um, a couple of elimination finals. So Brisbane and Parrot Bankwest Stadium was a, a graveyard for the Broncos last time they were down there. Um, they'll have some some horror memories of their previous visit to the ground. Do yeah. you do you spy an upset in this one, or do you think probably the? Oh, yeah, look! If the if the Broncos can regroup and just really power hard through the middle there, but. The Eels have got a pretty solid forward pack that can stand up against them, and the way that they're attacking, if mm. they if they replicate that, I think uh, the Broncos are really going to struggle to defend them. Mm. Get yeah. Nathan Brown back, I think, as well from a two-week suspension, or mm. does he have one more out? I have to double-check. Anyway, yeah. the Broncos are gone. They've done enough to ensure the yeah. calls for Seabold to be immediately axed are, are silenced because they made yeah. the finals. Yeah, um, and that's that's it. Like it's going to be a sold out, the pack like you know hanging off the ceiling sort of crowd at Bankwest. I, I think the big difference between the two teams is the halves. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the Eels have just got... Their half is just playing with full confidence at the moment, just clearly running mm-hmm. the show, and it's the Broncos, their, their halves are still in, in a little bit of all sorts. Well, they've been using a makeshift half in, yeah. in Jake Turpin. You know, they've gone from, you know, Nick Arima, who left the club, to Dearden, to O'Sullivan and Turpin and, you know, sort of switched around a few times. Obviously, Darius and Milford have switched roles during the season, so they're still betting that down as well. Eels look a lot more consistent. I actually thought Dylan Brown was probably the the best half on yeah. show in that game. He, he, was, he was very composed, wasn't yeah. he? A couple of good kicks, good passes. Yeah. Doesn't overplay his hand. Mm. Um, yeah. Good com- good halves combo at the moment. Yeah, it's working well together. Um, 
the other elimination final, Manly and the Sharks. It's um, theoretically at Lotto Land, although word out of the NRL uh, this evening is we're waiting on a safety report after traces of asbestos were found on the hill, which is not a story I was expecting to hear. Yeah, Alien <laughs> rugby league. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so um, like, if, this, if this thing does get moved, let's just, let's just follow the, like, go down this rabbit hole. Where does it go? I would say probably the SCG. The other candidate would be Bank West. I don't so, like, the real shame is if you put, a, like, because the SCG and Bank West, they're both great stadiums in their own right, but they're both miles and miles away. They couldn't, you couldn't find stadiums further away from either Cronulla or Manly. Mm. The crowd's I mean, be yeah, SCG's awful. fairly central, though it's not the best rugby league. I'm pretty sure we had a Manly Sharks ground. final a couple of years ago at the SFS, and it was a dud crowd poor um, yeah yeah i mean, that, I mean they even look at their other home ground which is gosford oh now there's an idea Ooh, I could Lefty, yeah. I like that. um at least it's sort of there it's you north so it. it's, you're making yep. you're making the sharks travel a bit further which might put them off um, can they win can they win can well this is the win. only game where the lower ranked ladder team is going in as um as favorites and that obviously comes down to Turbo being out, Curtis Sirenen being out, yeah. Paseka being out. He's been really good for them, the, the big kid. Um, yeah, they're in a bit of strife, mainly just uh, in terms of their troops. To power being suspended as well. Yeah. Manly have been held together with you know band-aids for the, the second half of this season, and band-aids eventually will lose their like stickiness. Like, <laughs> it's just the way it is. Like I think losing I Turbo like is just that's the, a good one. It's <laughs> commitment to a I, I, th- <laughs> I think a few things click for the Sharks in that game. Yeah, and I. I do see them carrying it through to next week. Uh, even with Moylan probably still an absentee, Dugan's had up and down performances, I guess, but um, he's, he's been solid. That The yeah. halves are going reasonably well. Jaden Braley's going well, so the spine's going okay, and obviously their forwards. Yeah. Bronson Sherry's working his way into his first great career. Britton Okora's sort of... Another good game from him. Um, building his momentum as well, and you know, Fafita's back from his injury and suspension issues. There, you know, A lot of threats there at the Sharks at the moment. Um, which brings us to the Raiders and the Storm down there in Melbourne. Raiders got them down there in Melbourne yeah. from... Uh, you know, obviously a remarkable game we talked about recently. A couple of sin bins and 18 nil down and, and came back to win. Can they do it again is the question. Well, the Storm don't usually lose two games in a row. But, look, I think, I think after this game for the Raiders, I really see them coming out and being super physical for the Storm. Um, and personally, I think that's the only way that the Raiders can beat the Storm is if they just out-muscle them, mm. which is very, very hard to do. Not many teams do that, but... The Raiders did do it last week, and I think Ricky Stewart will really, will really take something out of this loss. There was a there was a couple of defensive uh, errors that they made, um, which is uncharacteristic for them, and they do try and base their game off their defence. So, I think he'll really use this loss to to get them up for the next game, and I think I can see that being a really hard slog, mm. tough battle down there. Obviously, get Bateman back, Chance, Dougal Clockstad back, all the guys who are rested, and same with the Storm Monster, yeah. you would think comes comes back in. So two sides pretty close to to full strength. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really hoping to see this one go right down to the wire. And um, I mean, Roosters Rabbitohs, we kind of talked about because they just played and now they play again. Mm-hmm. But um, Roosters putting back, you know, Kiri comes back in, Orbison comes back in, potentially Talkiaho, probably Brett Morris. There, um, they're going to be a, a different team and a lot bigger threat for the uh, the Bunnies. Yeah, so I think that's the tricky tricky part for the Rabbitohs. They got the win, and they're going to play the same as they did in that last game. Um, 
if so, you can probably bet that the Roosters have worked something out around that. Whereas the Roosters, I don't think that they'll play the same way that they played in that first game. Um, they got some mm. new guys. They got some other guys coming back on board, and they'll have they'll have a number of trick shots up their sleeves ready to go for this game. All right. Yeah, it's almost a shame for the Rabbitohs that they played this week because now, like, what do they do? The Roosters know what they're going to try. Yeah. 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 I agree. Uh, anyway, we'll be back this time next week for what I think is our last Sunday session. It's the last Sunday footy of the season. The, the formats for the podcast will change a little bit after that when we go down to two games a week. But um, we'll certainly be back this time next week, so I'll see you then. Beautiful. See you then. Goodbye.